0: Today is Thursday, September 7th 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andrews. Do Democrats want Joe Biden to run for president? We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Subscribe and leave a rating. Email us if you'd like Quick Start Podcast at cbn.org. Joining me now on this Friday Junior edition of the podcast Billy Hollowell, Gones Phillips good morning gentlemen how goes it
1: doing well i'm i'm pumped i'm two coffees in and the sun is rising and i'm happy couldn't be happier to be here right when the sun is coming up we're all getting up ready to go
0: with fellow believers ready to tackle the news and (laughs) as always a lot to tackle news of the cray so let's get right to it what do we have coming up on today's focus story
2: Yeah, we're going to be talking about John Voight, the actor, some comments he made about Satan, Hollywood, and today's culture.
0: All right. We're going to be talking to Pastor Mike Signorelli as well, who's taking a look at culture's increasing infatuation with the supernatural. So we'll get into all that on today's podcast episode. But first, we're going to get through the news here in 90 seconds. More and more pundits and journalists are questioning if Joe Biden should be the Democratic nominee. Vice President Kamala Harris was asked by media yesterday if she was ready to take over if Biden was unable to fulfill his duties as president. She initially deflected, but then finally said, yes, she would. But be ready. But that isn't going to happen, she said, because Joe Biden It's fine pundits on meet the press recently urged democrats to consider jumping in and challenging the president for the democratic nomination others urged him to flat out resign biden for his part has maintained that he will run again he'd be 82 to start a second term and 86 at the completion of it coach joe kennedy has resigned as football coach at bremerton high school kennedy won his supreme court case Years after he was told he couldn't pray on the field, after coming back to his old job, he said it wasn't the same and that he felt like an enemy and that the school district had taken all the joy out of coaching. And Elon Musk's fears about AI have led to battles with other tech giants, including Google's Larry Page and OpenAI's Sam Altman. And Time recently reported on Musk's long-standing concerns about AI just in the latest debate on the AI front. Guys, I bring up the AI story because there were some very, very interesting comments in this article that Elon Musk himself shared on social media, on X, I guess, just yesterday. And he was revealing his conversation with Larry Page from Google, who apparently is not a believer because Elon, back in 2013, was warning. He and some other friends had been talking about the potential of AI to sort of rise and surge into something that would be smarter than us and that eventually just displace us as far as humans. And Larry Page was like, well, what's the big deal? That would just be the latest stage in evolution. It would be the next phase of evolution. And Elon Musk was kind of like, well... And he, and he called Elon a, a speciesist. So basically, a bias towards his own species. And Elon said, Well, yes, I am. I'm pro human. I like humanity, dude. And to me, that this is a fascinating article, guys. And we've had this AI debate, but it shows that worldviews matter because when people start going down that road, the evolution road, that we're all just matter in motion, you start to justify things like this. Well, who cares if the human race. ...goes extinct. Doesn't matter. It's just the latest phase. When you don't have a Christian worldview that God has made us all in his image and therefore we're inherently valuable. It's harder to defend. Like, How do you defend against that? Now it's just, well, my preference, your preference. I, I just found that really fascinating.
2: Yeah, and in all fairness, when you look at culture, like one little look at the news, it's not gonna be that difficult to create something smarter than we all are right now. Um, but <laughs> Fair you point. Know, I, I think to your point on on evolution and just that the lack of value, that's been talked about a lot, but I think it's, a, it's obviously a very dangerous worldview. When it comes to something like this, the fact that any human being would sort of, of seed their own existence or their own triumph over other existence to technology based on the idea that it's just the next phase in evolution, I think shows us really why worldview is so essential in building worldview and a biblical worldview. And and really introducing that to other people is something we need to be, we need to have that on our hearts as a burden.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it also reveals like the flip side of that kind of the dangers of a relativistic kind of worldview that we've, all kind of succumbed to, or we're sinking into, like uh, I think now we're, we're in a place where pretty much anything goes right. You can, de- you can define yourself as, as one sex when your body is, is the other uh, and nobody can tell you that you're wrong. Uh, I think we're not that far. And I know this sounds so extreme. I've said it once or twice before on the podcast, but I think we're not that far removed from people, unfortunately, dealing with mental illness and then taking their own life. And we We can't really be one to say that that was wrong of them to do that right now. I think we still have that fear of it's kind of wrong. It's morally an issue, but I think we're moving in a direction where if you want to take your own life, we can't tell you that's morally wrong because what what's, what's the thing keeping us from saying it's morally wrong? So anyway, my point is the further removed we get from any sort of moral standard, I guess the more sense it makes to say, well, I guess I should just succumb to this. They're, you know, the AI, robots, whatever the next wave of, of anything is going to be. Uh, we're not all that great anyway. You know, we, we kind of – who are we to say that we're better? yeah, I think that just is the world that we've we've created, and now we've got to lay in that bed, unfortunately.
0: Right. It's just this indifference to life itself. And yeah. this was another quote from Paige. He said, "If consciousness could be replicated in a machine, why would that not be just as valuable? Isn't that a fantastic representation of a secular atheist worldview? You can't see the difference. It is a scary thing to hear, but I honestly think that is a more consistent way to view the world when you're an atheist. Because what happens is oftentimes is people that are atheists hijack morality from the Christian worldview, where we get our value as humans and we actually care about life. Why does it matter? Because God made us and he said it matters. He made us in his image. And when you remove that, you have no basis for that. And so you've got to borrow it. And that's what a lot of them do to try to make that view sound more palatable that guy's being honest there. And it is shocking to hear. And now that this AI is here, it hits a little closer to home.
2: Well, and and I think we're going to see this expedite rapidly, right? So, These ideologies, and and this is why for so long we all warned about how bad it was going to be moving away, even moving away from, and I know I'm opening up Pandora's box here, but moving away from a cultural Christianity, right, which there are negatives to cultural Christianity. But the nice thing about cultural Christianity is that you don't have people saying things like this, right? Yeah. More people are going to be saying these things openly and pushing for them, not just saying them. And so it's. I think we have to be more bold, more blunt, and be out there telling the truth in love um, so that people can – can really find their value in Christ because that's what matters most.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that, yeah, definitely that's important to be bold and to be honest about the truth, because the reality is, Scripture says that right now, uh, obviously in the end, Satan is going to be defeated, but right now he's the prince and power of the air. He's got a lot of authority right now. Uh, he doesn't have ultimate authority, right? And if you're in Christ, you certainly are, are supreme to Satan. But I think Satan is going to be bold. He is bold in the secular world. So it's important that we as Christians are bold and compassionate in communicating the truth, whatever that is. In, in whatever situation we're in,
0: yeah, absolutely, no doubt about it. And of course, we're going to keep an eye on all things AI because look, this stuff is not going away. It's it's only gonna. We're just gonna have to figure out how to navigate life with it. Don't think it's just something that that it's out the cat's out of the bag now. You you can't put it back in. So um, we're just gonna have to deal with it the best we can and navigate it. And so we'll continue to give you the latest on that and for now we're going to head over to our focus story and academy award-winning actor john voight he slammed the quote appearance of satan and quote in hollywood and spoke out against what he sees as divisive forces in the u.s it's interesting stuff so billy what's going on here
2: yeah, so you know, Voight made his comments. He was doing an interview with Newsmax host Rob Schmidt, and you know, Schmidt was talking about the cultural chaos in America, and he he kind of went right out of the gate um, and said to Voight, "Look, you know, a lot of this cultural chaos in this country, um, it has its roots in Hollywood, in Tinseltown, you know, where, where you're from." And so uh, it was kind of an interesting way to mm-hmm. launch into the interview. And Voight, you know, Voight is no stranger to talking about his Christian faith to talking about politics. You know, he said, "Look, you can't blame me," which I thought was kind of funny. Like somebody like him, who's been out there talking about these yeah. things, he's like, "I'm not part of the problem." <laughs> um, but but then he yeah. talked about what he sees as disturbing, and you know, he said, "Quote in the time of my life, I've seen an enormous change in this country, and it's all been very disturbing." And so he started working his way through the different things that he has observed. Um, he talked about this idea of evil. He said, "Now we have an amazing." appearance of satan and he was not saying amazing in, in a praiseworthy way um a disturbing way appearance of satan in our community now it's a difficult time and as he was saying that i thought it was interesting um newsmax put up sam smith in the satan outfit you know on the screen <laughs> as he was talking about that but but i think it underscores we actually are seeing satanic imagery and i'm sure a lot of these people would say they don't even believe in satan appearing more and more in in hollywood and so that's what he that's what i think he was speaking to there
0: yeah absolutely and and then you have groups like uh, you know the Satanic temple that they're using that imagery and it's 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 all very it's out there it's certainly out there and he also had some comments though about the USSR and America. What did he say there?
2: Yeah, this, it almost sounds like a conspiracy theory when you hear him say it, although there is at least one person who apparently was a defector from the KGB who did say this. He said that the agenda of the KGB, and remember this is the former USSR security agency, that they had an agenda to divide the United States, to to divide citizens through schools, take God out of schools, divide the country by race and age and gender, that the whole goal was really to split America up. Um, and, you know, again, you go back 30, 40 years, there, there is some evidence, at least some claims that this was something that, that was going on that the USSR wanted to do here in America. Uh, but what was interesting is that Voigt said that they've accomplished this in a very short period of time. He went on to talk about Marxism. He said, what is Marxism based on? What is their engine that gives them guidance? It's certainly not God. So we have a lot of atheism that's coming forth. And so he was speaking there again about that ideology. What's it rooted in? It's not rooted in Christianity. It's rooted very much in atheism and and the self.
0: Yeah, definitely. No doubt about it. And those goals, I mean, that sounds a lot like the communist goals that were presented before uh, Congress. Back in 1963, and you read through a list of these goals of the communists at that time, and you and it's very similar, and you're like, wow, it seems like they accomplished a lot of those. But what was interesting about what Voigt said at the end of the interview?
2: Yeah, I mean, this is like Doom the Doom and Gloom report, right? But then at the <laughs> yeah. end of the interview, he he actually says, you know, that there's hope. And I don't know everything he's referring to here because he didn't get into all the details. There may be things that you know, again, people would disagree with, but he was saying, "Look, he thinks that people are starting to discover the pernicious activity that's unfolding." And he actually concluded the interview by saying, "The truth will prevail." And I thought, I thought that was interesting, right? Because you're talking about Satan is appearing in Hollywood. We're seeing all these things. Things are very negative, yet you know what? The truth is going to prevail. And I think that actually, for, for a Christian, we know that that is the case, right? Spiritually, I don't know that that's a hundred percent of what he was saying, although he talks a lot about spiritual issues. So I just thought it was a, a cool way to end that interview.
0: Yeah, definitely. And it's look, it's interesting to think about and to look at, especially when we see the dark turn a lot of culture is taking. In a lot of cases, it's hard to argue that Satan is uh, certainly ha- has a prominent role right now on this side of things. And I, I think it has a lot to do with just people searching out. You know, God has wired us to worship, and we've talked about this, but when you misdirect that worship, it's going to lead you trying to find meaning and purpose in the wrong places. And unfortunately, this is how it spills out a lot of the time.
1: I think anytime, honestly, John Voight makes the news, it's fascinating just to listen to what he has to say, because I think he's one of the more fascinating people in Hollywood because he's been around for so long. He's in his mid-80s. He's had quite a successful career, an Academy Award winner, uh, and also he's the father of Angelina Jolie, which I think is just another fascinating piece of that because she's kind of, at least in the early 2000s, like my growing up when it was Brad and Angelina, the Brangelina, they're like Hollywood yeah. royalty. Um, so anyway, it's just interesting to, to see where he's landed as more of a conservative person, obviously, and also a Christian. I don't know what Angelina Jolie claims faith-wise, but um, certainly they're not aligned in a lot of ways. But um, anyway, it's just interesting whenever he speaks out on cultural issues because I think he hits the nail on the head a lot of times. Uh, and it's important to talk about these things, and it's good that he's using his platform to talk about it and most importantly to share his faith because that's ultimately what matters
0: yeah definitely and he certainly is a foreigner in a strange land uh, as a conservative leaning person in hollywood so uh definitely interesting stuff billy thanks for putting that one on our radar today you got it All right, we are going to head over to the main thing now. And Billy, this was your conversation with Pastor Mike Signorelli. And I think it's related to this last one that we just had, where I was saying people are seeking that something. They know that there's something missing. They put, and it's the spiritual, it's the God-sized hole that's there, but then they put it into the wrong place. But um, Pastor Mike Signorelli took took a closer look at kind of a similar phenomenon, didn't he?
2: He did. He's got a movie coming out called The Domino Revival, and it'll come out in October. But he's looking at really the spiritual revivals that we see happening around the country. Um, You know, he believes that, that there's healings, that there's deliverance, all these different issues, lots of different theological views on them. But he's taking a look at those. And we sat down to talk about those issues and also the film.
0: All right. Well, we'll take a listen to that conversation next as today's main thing.
2: Mike Signorelli. So revival, you and I have talked quite a bit in the past about revival, these moments that appear to be really unfolding all over the country from Asbury down the line. You do a lot of preaching. You see this stuff firsthand. There was just a mass baptism earlier this summer, 4,500 people baptized by Greg Laurie and other pastors. I mean, we keep seeing these things happening again and again. What do you make of it?
3: Yeah, you know, Billy, that's a great question. People are revolting against this new world, this new America, you know, the, the new ideals, the new definitions of things, and they're finding it's not working, you know, and what appears to be freedom is actually not freedom at all. And so right now, I think this revival is connected to people rejecting what, what's been crammed and shoved down our throats, you know, uh, they're saying, I, I need something else, and they're finding it through Christ.
2: Yeah, and I want to talk about The Domino Revival, your new film that is coming, uh, which I'm I'm really intrigued by. Uh, but when you talk about the culture and you're talking about these trends that we're seeing, they're, they're very unfulfilling. It's sort of the lies that culture tells us. We can find meaning in all these different places that we can't without God. Um, and so we're watching these two things unfold. And I'd love, and I know this is a loaded question, but from a spiritual perspective, there are a lot of people who will look at things and they'll say, well, scripture tells us, you look at the end times, that the world is heading towards a very negative place. It's going to get worse and worse and worse. And some of those people will assume that because of that, you're not gonna see revivals. You're not gonna see these moments. And yet it does feel like we're watching the earth progress toward what scripture says. I'm not saying we're at the end of days, but we're marching towards that. And at the same time, having these moments of revival What do you make of those two things sort of happening simultaneously?
3: Yeah, well, when you go back to the first century, I mean, Rome's burning and they're adding to their numbers daily in the body of Christ. So wherever you see persecution, that's the best marketing for the kingdom imaginable, you know, and right now we're facing persecution. It's not to the extent that they had in the first century yet, but the persecution that we're facing is a promotion, it is marketing, it's putting the word out there. And so in the midst of all all of this rampant sin, I mean, let's be real, people are experiencing literally uh, the most there's hellacious material imaginable on their phones on a daily basis. Uh, I mean, it used to be you had to be the creepy person that went to the back room and the local blockbuster and, you know, show an ID to access it. Now you can get it from your phone. People are getting involved in the new age and occult practices uh, through not only their phone, but local retailers across America. And it's like, as our culture is binging on all this sin, uh, I think they're, they're actually getting to the point uh, like they did in the sixties and seventies, where we had the first Jesus movement, where they're saying, this is not, um, this is not fulfilling me, you know? And when I think about the hippie movement, free love gave rise to unwanted pregnancies, uh, you know, rampant drug usage gave rise to addiction and even death. And so they they went out and did whatever they wanted to do. And when they got the consequences of the sin, they said this this, this can't possibly be it. And Billy, in a lot of ways, I feel like in 2023, we've reached a second Jesus movement moment. And so we had the first film, you know, that that was uh, the dramatic reenactment. I think we're living the documentary for the next one right now.
2: Yeah, well, and that brings us to the Domino Revival, which is your documentary, hitting theaters in October, October 24th. And this film, it's something you and I have talked offline quite a bit about. What is the movie about? Kind of t- take us through sort of the trajectory of what you're trying to accomplish through it.
3: Yeah, let me just start by saying I know that everybody watching right now does not agree on everything theologically and doctrinally. And so what I didn't do is I didn't make a movie just for Pentecostals or just for Charismatics or just for Baptists. Um, I really attempted to make a movie about the gospel because what we all should agree on within orthodoxy is the gospel and that Christ, the son of the living God, came, died for our sins, and on the third day rose again. And this movie is literally about me and several people from different denominations and different streams that are.
2: You're You're able to come together, you mean, with people from different (laughs) denominations?
3: Yeah, you know, I (laughs) Well, you know what I did? I intentionally um complicated it I I I got if you look at the movie poster you're going to see a lot of people and I did that on purpose because I didn't want any one person to be able to dismiss this film and so I need everybody watching to kind of you know lay aside your preferences for a moment let's make it about the gospel and uh let's then let's let the Holy Spirit lead us into this next what I believe is an awakening
2: yeah now you in the movie you're dealing with a lot of topics that you know obviously there are discussions and debates about right in in theological circles at the end of the film when you get through it and and audiences when the curtain closes essentially what do you want the
3: audience feeling in their hearts yeah well first of all now i'm going to give some like really amazing news right now i was actually given an incredible opportunity by fathom when the last scene from the movies over instead of the credits rolling, it actually is going to, on October 24th, when the movie premieres, it's going to immediately go into a live stream that's going to be simulcast across America, where we do a 25 minute revival service and give people in the theaters the opportunity to respond to the gospel. Uh, It's going to be insane. We're going to turn thousands of theaters into tabernacles in the wilderness, as I'm calling it, you know, like mobile tent revivals. And I I believe we're going to see suicides canceled. I believe people are going to surrender drugs and paraphernalia and addictions and go home and throw it away. And most importantly, I believe many, many new disciples are going to enter the kingdom. So that's my heart and my prayer that people come away from this saying it's not about celebrities. It's not about influencers. It's not about, you know, these special upper echelon Christian people who are seminary trained. This is just about saying yes to Jesus. He uses the foolish thing to confound the wise. And I got a whole movie full of fools that said yes. And you're going to see what God did through their life. And then the question's going to be asked, are you ready to let Him do that through your life as well?
0: All right, Billy, thanks for that conversation with Pastor Signorelli. We are going to have that full conversation in the description of this podcast episode, so make sure to check that out. All right, that's going to leave us with time for one last thing on the podcast today.
1: Yeah, I think God has given each of us, he's equipped each of us with different platforms and spheres of influence, and it's important to be wise in, in how we use those. So First uh, Peter 4.10, it says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. I think that's just a good reminder to be wise with what the lord's placed in front of each of us
0: it's very easy these days to be divided and fight but we're to serve as christ came to serve and you know he's a servant leader and so it's a good reminder for us to emulate that and that's a good spot to leave it on the podcast today as always head on over to cbnnews.com and faithwire.com for more news from a christian perspective lord willing and that creek don't rise we
3: shall return tomorrow see you then